Blog Talk Radio. How would you like to get the inside scoop on the secret sauce of show business? Imagine being ahead of the pack when it comes to knowing how to land that part you crave in that film, play, or TV program. Listen to the Inside Acting Radio Show hosted by William Powell, the king of D.C. media, at blogtalkradio.com. Search Inside Acting. Good evening, dear listeners. Tonight, my guests are writer and director Harold Jackson III, who has written and directed the police drama Unarmed Man, starring Sean Woodland as Aaron Williamson and Danny Gavigan as Officer Greg Yellick. Civil unrest erupts after a police officer kills an unarmed man during a traffic stop. The officer gives his version of events, as the case statement interviewer unravels the incident one murky layer at a time. So I see that we have the switchboard lit up here. So let me go ahead and bring on our guest. And I know Harold is there. And who else is on the line? Uh, Good evening. Sean is here. Hey, Sean. Hey, how you doing, William? And I guess, okay, Harold. Hey, Sean. How you All doing? All right. How you doing, Sean? Hey, well, how you doing? Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, thanks for coming on the show. So, uh, Harold, I'll, uh, I'll start with you first. So, uh, describe the dynamic in this film between Officer Yellick and Investigator Williams. Uh, yeah, I will um, talk a little about a little bit about that, and then. Um, you know, it'd be good to get some insight from from Sean, I, I guess, and and Danny if he's here. Yes, absolutely. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. So uh, essentially, uh, the Aaron Williamson character is an agent for uh, the Criminal Apprehension Bureau, which sounds fake, but it's actually real. <laughs> it's actually a real uh, place. Um, uh, and he is tasked with interviewing an officer who uh, just some hours ago has was involved in a uh, shooting during a traffic stop where he shot and killed the person he was pulling over. Um, and, you know, it's really kind of a, a kind of a live wire situation. I mean, the, both care, it, it happens, the interview happens almost real time. And um, even wow. though that sounds like, uh, something you don't want to see. It's actually something you do want to see. Not only because we we pack a lot into that into that interview, but also just um, these guys' performances during the you know during the film are incredible. I mean, I, I, it's some of the the best work that I've directed. So I'm, um, I'm I'm really happy about how it turned out. Yes. Yeah, so, so talk about that. Talk about. Uh you know, the dynamic between you and uh, your character and Officer Yellick? Um, it was it was kind of changing early on in the project because uh, Harold and I initially had to nail down who, who Aaron was. You know, I, I came on with a kind of a more aggressive approach to it, but we kind of nailed down on the character. I mean, Aaron is a, is a self-aware individual, but he's also aware of his surroundings and, and he knows what's expected of him. 
So once once we nailed that down, it be kind it be, it kind of became a, a kind of a cat and mouse back and forth dance between Agent Williamson and and Officer Yelich because um, Officer Yelich is somewhat aware of of what what's expected. So they they initially come in doing doing the dance when these type of you know that they do when these type of events happen, but you know due to some circumstances in Aaron's life and just you know just the shift in the dynamic of the of the taping of the conversation things take a turn and then the film kind of ramps up from that point yeah so uh i know you've acted with danny gavigan before so um so was this time do you think your rapport with him was stronger yeah i mean in our last film we did uh we kind of had our relationship was confrontational our character's relationship was confrontational from the front from the beginning so in this film we just uh we started off trying to work with each other and and the, and the one thing about independent film i mean we both worked with harold before but we don't have a lot of time to rehearse and you know we have to when we come come on set whatever particular day things that things have to be tight so me and danny would get together uh, a couple times a week in baltimore and and kind of kind of nailed down the the pace of of the film, and then we would meet with Harold, and and get the get the nuance, um, you know, that he desired because he would direct us beat by beat each you know each emotion, the you know the subtext behind each each line, and so on and so forth. So that process was was really helpful, and uh, which we got to do a lot more of in this film than than in the meek. If yeah, that makes any sense. yeah. Attention to detail. Attention to detail. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Harold, you got to talk about. Uh, I know that uh, in the past you've used uh, Tia Day and also Eli L, and they they were uh, very strong characters um, in in your past in the past film that you you put out there. So, talk about their characters in this film. Yeah, Tia. Uh... Tia Day was a, a, a DC uh, actor, and she's she's uh, one of one of my favorite actors in the area because she's she always comes and she's just a great, you know, a, a, a great person to have on set, and she gives it her all. So it's it's always um, it's always nice to have her around. But she plays uh, a character named Dina Rogers, who or excuse me, Dina Reynolds, who is a uh, who is the girlfriend of the person who was shot during the during the traffic stop. And what's what's kind of horrifying from from her perspective is that the character was shot in the car while she was in the car. Not only was her character in the car witnessing her boyfriend being shot and killed um, and bullets flying into the car and through the car, um, her daughter was in the car as well in the back seat. So bullets are flying through a car um her boyfriend's being killed and she's in this she's caught in this sort of horrific place where like what what do you do i mean your your boyfriend is being killed your daughter could be endangered you could be endangered like what emotion do you feel at that point like you know what i mean are you for yourself for your boyfriend for your daughter like is it all of them mixed in one so it's really just you know, um, it was a really difficult position for her to be in, but you know that's you know that's that's what's good about acting is you get to you get to 
experience these things that hopefully you never have to experience in life. Yeah, I mean, the, from it really kind of harkens back to the the Castile case. I know that was a very tragic case there. So, so now, Harold, have you received much criticism about the controversial nature of the film? Uh, I have not. But first, I want to talk about uh, also Eli L. I think I, um, before I move into oh, that. Oh, that's right. And Eli, yeah, yeah, Eli is a, Eli is one of the guys that's been around for a while, um, and I, I've worked with um, uh, before. And he's also a great guy to have around, and he's he has this real presence to him. We worked together on a previous film, and he and he brings this sort of uh, stoic kind of presence to the film, and he he brings this sort of um, uh, official sort of uh, status quo figure to the film. He knows what's happening. He's fully aware of 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 the dynamics of what's happening, but sometimes the hypocrisy of what's happening, but he's also aware uh-huh. of where he fits, where he fits in, in the puzzle. He knows where he fits. He knows how he feels as a person. He knows who he's supposed to be as a professional and he's, and he sees it. So he brings that sort of stoic sort of, uh, authority figure to the film that, I, and, and, and it was really well done and that I was really appreciative of him for doing that. Um, yeah. so as far as, uh, um, um, as far as getting sort of criticism on, I haven't, I haven't received a lot of criticism. I think people understand what I'm doing and, and, uh, so far they've appreciated it. Um, and, and I think, I think the, the main reason for that is that, um, I spent a lot of, I, I, I put a lot of energy and effort into being honest. So I think they, they, they feel my honesty in the film and that helps them sort of look past uh, some of the other things that they might have to take issue with. Mm. Yes. Uh, what are, what's been some of the audience uh, reaction that you've heard? That was for Sean, you said, or that was for me? Yeah, for Sean. Oh, um, it's been, I've seen the film probably, three to four times we've uh, screened in Martha's Vineyard and in Los Angeles uh, this past weekend. It's, it's been different, you know, like uh, oftentimes we do get the, get the running commentary when there's a moment or a shift in tone, people are like, Ooh, you know, gotcha, you know, got those gotcha moments. And that, and that's pretty consistent. But, um, you know, some, I, I, some people were, you know, interested in the, uh, I remember in DC, one, one woman was in, really interested in seeing more of the, the daughter, the daughter, Dina's dynamic, but so it's I don't know it's been it's been different in DC. People are uh, I say I'll say this: people are consistently uh, mad at Danny's character, Greg. They they want to talk to Danny and and kind of feel what he was feeling or understand what his what his process was. You know, it it, it kind of becomes visceral for him, and you know, it, it, people kind of step out of that moment that he just you know an actor, a good a great actor playing playing a character. So yeah, Dan, Danny gets a lot of heat. And we kind of have to, you know, shield them a little bit, some uh, a couple times at <laughs> the screening, you know. But um, yeah, the reactions were, were, were uh, different depending on where, you know, who the audience is and you know how they feel about it. That's the, the interesting thing about the film. Like it, it can mean many different things to many different people depending on, you know, who you are, your background, how you know how you feel about these issues, and uh, and all of us bring 
a different dynamic to that. So it's it's I'd, I'd say it's different across the spectrum, depending on the audience. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is is that I'm learning a lot about when we're screening we're screening them in these different cities. I'm learning a lot about how different parts of the country see different see things differently, right? Like in D.C., sort of the political aspect of it. Um, and there's there's a there's a line in there about gentrification that kind of goes over everyone's head, but in D.C. it really kind of <laughs> it really kind of landed <laughs> in D.C. So it's just interesting to see how different parts of the country have different points of view on 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 sort of one piece of art, which is which is exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit more about that about. Um some of the festivals it's been in and some of the awards it's won. Yeah, so we've been, uh, so far we're, we're early in the film festival process. We screened at Martha's Vineyard, uh, at the Martha's Vineyard uh, African American Run, Shoot, Run and Shoot Film Festival. Um, and we actually won the HBO Best Feature there, um, which was really a, a, a exciting and, and fun time. Um, all of us were, uh, well, when I say all of us, myself, Sean, and Danny were able to make it out and uh, see the screening in Martha's Vineyard, which was really cool. Um, and uh, we screened in Atlanta, where we just won Best Feature at the uh, Hollywood South Film Festival. And oh. we um, have been in Los Angeles, and our next two... Our next few screenings, we have two coming up in Canada, actually Montreal and Toronto, and then um, okay. um, and then we have uh, actually one coming up here, back here in Maryland in the DMV uh, with uh, in uh, Greenbelt, and then another one in LA at the uh, Justice on Trial Film Festival. So um, it's a it's a doing its thing, man. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, Harold, you got to talk about uh, your locations. What locations did you use for this film? Yeah, this is a, this was actually a very um, uh, limited location film. I mean, um, and, 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 and before I do that, I want to give a special sort of uh, shout to the Prince George Prince George's County Film Office. They were really instrumental in helping us get this film done. Um, they helped us secure uh, several, a, a few of the locations in the film. Um, if I'm, if um, off the top of my head, I think there were only um, somewhere in the neighborhood of five locations, give or take. We shot, um, we shot exteriors around uh, Watergate, the Watergate Hotel. Um, we shot. Interiors in uh, Largo, Maryland, um, and that was helped out by the uh, <laughs> Prince George's Film Office. And then uh, we shot in a couple of uh, on a couple of sets in D.C. and I think one was in Maryland. So it was only about five or six five or six locations. We shot outside. We shot the traffic stop scene in uh, Hyatt's in Hyattsville in the arts district in Hyattsville, which was pretty cool. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. only about five or six locations. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, it's always good to have, uh, you know, to work with the local film offices and things like that. I think it's an overlooked, overlooked resource. So, Sean, I got to go back to you, and so just talk a little bit more about your your process uh, for a film like this. Is this one of these things where you find yourself doing a lot of research into like current events, or do you just repeatedly read the script? Uh, I would have to say a little of both, a little bit of both. Like um, when Danny and I were going through a rehearsal processes, we would we would just read up on these incidents. And there's there's a lot of um, you know podcast literature out there regarding these incidents. There's actually a podcast about the actual uh, Lando Castile shooting. Uh, I can't recall the name off the top of my head, but so we we would uh, do a lot of that. But the the main part was uh, once we nailed down who my character was, who Aaron was, I find that uh, just reading the script constantly over and over again allows you to kind of sink in. I don't know if that makes sense, to sink into the words and kind of get the, the deeper meaning beneath the words or, you know, kind of bring that, that subtext to the surface. So, um, you know, yeah, that was a, a very important process. But, yeah, um, you know, another thing was I had to get out of my own, you know, I had to kind of, shed my own baggage as far as these incidents go. You know, I I grew up in Baltimore and I've, I've seen a lot of police brutality in my lifetime, but that was the unique thing. It was interesting about playing this character is he's uh he's he's aware of the situation, but his, his profession is on kind of like the other side of the law. So he has, you know, the expectations that are expected to be met. And uh, he, he struggles with that. You know, I mean, he's been doing it for a long time, but things in his personal life come to a boiling point and, you know, the struggle ensues and he ultimately makes a decision to to uh, kind of peel back the narrative that, that's always pushed when these incidents go. There's a, it's always the thug, there was a gun, I was afraid for my life, and he wants to kind of start to peel back peel back that layer in the interest of uh, seeking, seeking justice, and that was uh, interesting to, to play. Yeah. Wow, it's a lot of layers, a lot of layers. So now, uh, Harold, so talk a little bit about the, the wardrobe choice because, you know, it, it, the film has a certain look and a certain tone, and I think you do a very good job as a filmmaker creating a certain consistent tone in your film. So talk about how you came up with uh, the, uh, the wardrobes. Yes. Uh, so um, one of one of the things that I – try to make sure that I'm paying a lot of attention to is how the characters look, how the characters are dressed. Um, yeah. Because I think that that tells, it tells you a lot about who they are. I think that's in general, I think that's in real life. Like you can, you can pretty much get an idea of who someone is by the way, that, like without even speaking to them, just by the way that they're dressed. So, yeah. So, so it's very important for me to have these characters look a certain way so that it, it helps the audience understand who who they're talking to or who they're looking at, and it helps inform the decisions that the people that the characters are making. Um, so um, with with uh, uh, Danny's character uh, Greg Ellis, I wanted to kind of um, not take him too far out of uniform. So I, I stuck with uh, a lot of uh, blue and gray and black, and I stayed in that area. 
um, and I, I, I don't, I don't think you ever really notice it on film, but I made sure he wear, he wore his uh, work boots during, um, uh, in his civilian attire, and part of that was for, for me, a visual cue for myself to remember who he is, and then the other part of that was, um, when I was, in, when I was in the Marine Corps, I knew a lot of guys, you know, specifically a lot of young white guys who. Um, would wear their military boots with their civilian attire. And, and um, I mean, none of us had a lot of money, so there was always that. But I think that it just wasn't they, – they, that's just how they kind of flow. You know what I mean? That's just how they how they work. They didn't see a, a reason to spend money on shoes when they already had a pair. You know, to them it was it was like well, you know, these are shoes, shoes are shoes. But it, it so it took it gave me a, a a visual cue back to those and that kinda triggered a, a reminder in myself to back to those days when I was in the Marine Corps and then that brought up and that always brings up a bunch of memories and it helps inform me of who and remind me of who that character is. And then the final touch that I put on him was to put him in a, a hoodie which was, you know, just kind of a play on the um, whole uh, hoodie thing that we went through a few years ago where, you know, any black man in a, in a hoodie is kind of, unfortunately, kind of fair game, you know. Um, and then with Sean's character, with Officer Yelich's character, um, it was really about finding um, a style for him. Um, I think that it was written in the script that he has, he has like good style. I think that's the most we discuss in the script, the most description you get in the script about how he's dressed. Um, but it was also informing me who he was. So he's kind of this character because he's this character that's, that's in a place trying to do a job, but his mind is somewhere else. I wanted to have him. I wanted to represent that in his clothing. So he's, in present time, but his clothing is kind of reminiscent of a 1960s attire. So it's it's kind of a modernized 60s look with the with the lines and the real uh, slim tie. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. for me that kind of reinforced that he was even though he's in a place he's somewhere else, and the clothes kind of reinforce mm. that. Wow! Wow! Yeah, there's so much signaling and so much you can tack into in the frames of the film. That's that's amazing. Um, I just want to touch on the technical side. Uh, I assume that you shot in uh, 4K, and then what kind of camera did you use? Yeah, we shot it. We shot it in 4K. Um, we used a very uh, small camera, very so we can have a lot of uh, room and a very acrobatic camera, um, so we can move around, we can run around in the street a little bit. Um, so we shot it in yeah. 4K. We shot it on a Sony uh, A6300. Um, but for me to give it a little bit more texture, um, I didn't use any any modern lenses. I, that's not true. I used all vintage lenses for probably about 96% of the film. And the only modern lens I used was during the uh, traffic stop um, because I wanted to take, I wanted to uh, give it a different approach. Excuse me, the traffic stop and the news footage were both shot on modern lenses. So those things were, I wanted them to feel real. 
and then the rest of the film I wanted to film I wanted it to feel a little bit more like a like a movie so I shot the rest of the film so all the interrogation and all the character work um was all shot on vintage lenses um and then the and then the the news footage and the uh uh traffic stop was shot on sort of modern lenses and then and the and the and the news footage was shot at a different frame rate as well. It was shot at thirty frames per second as opposed to twenty four. Yeah. Um, so it can feel like right. so it can feel like a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, you stole my next question. <laughs> okay, so um uh, oh now this is a profound question and you know, these kind of movies come out and, and you wonder if and Sean, I'll start with you. Do you. I wonder if these films, a film like this, I know it'll create a dialogue. You know, Spike Lee talks about you know create a dialogue and, and these things. But do you really feel that a film like this can make a difference? Um. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Um. Yeah, I mean. From from the from the reaction we've gotten at, at various screenings, you know, it, it definitely gets gets people talking. And I think the interesting thing about it is the, is the angle it takes toward the uh, toward the incident. You know, you kind of get to see the you know the gears and and the kind of the guts of the machine and, and and how it works and you know the the human beings within that machine. And it kind of it kind of gives everybody, even Greg, uh, you know, some some humanity. He you know he's a uh, he's a character who believes that what he's doing is right. You know, he's not, he's not fully aware of, you know, the re- the reality of these, these situations. He's, he's all with the narrative, just pushing the narrative. I was scared for my life. And he, he's humanized in an interesting way in that, um, in the film, whereas in other films, you know, the, the cop is just, you know, he's all, you know, the antagonist and there's no humanity to him. So, just the the human beings working within the system and 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 in this incident is the interesting part, and I think it kind of brings people. You know, it's not like a movie where everybody's amped up and angry at the end. You kind of you kind of take it in, you know, feel what you feel about it, and and you kind of want to want to discuss it. So I think I think yeah, it, it's it's an interesting film in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Carol, what's your take on that? Um, I think it can, uh, um, and and the, and I think Sean touched on it. Uh, the, what the difference? The different thing about this film and what makes this film unique is that we don't we don't do kind of the things that a lot of these other sort of uh, films that talk about issues like this do. We don't we don't we don't spend a lot of time with the families. We don't spend a lot of time with the with the victims' family. We don't even spend a lot of time outside of the interview room. So it's really about how pieces get moved, um, you know, kind of an insider look at how pieces get moved and how narratives get formed and, uh, and, and, and how sort of the, like, like Sean was saying, sort of the guts of the machine move around. So it's really a, a completely different take on what you might think is a familiar story. Yeah, man, that's that's what it's all about. Just, just uh, you know, let the cameras roll and tell the truth, you know, and and just have a unique take on it. 
Okay, gentlemen, we're going to uh, wrap up here shortly. Um, before you let you go, so now, Sean, uh, what are some other projects you got coming up? Uh, I'm sorry, did I, did I hear someone else come on, on the line? I'm, I'm maybe I'm No, here. wait a minute. Sorry. Hold on. Let me just check the switchboard here. Nope. There was no one else. Okay. I'm sorry, I cut you off. My apologies. Yeah, so, Sean, yeah, are you going to talk about your future um, projects? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just working, looking for projects and auditioning. I have a... Um, a comedy film I shot last year um, the stars uh, Pete Davidson for Saturday Night Live called Big Time Adolescence. I'm not exactly aware of the release date, but uh, it screened at Sundance, and I think it was received pretty well, but I'm not sure what the details of the release are, but it, it should be should be coming soon. Nice. Nice. Harold, uh, what about you? Um, so yeah, so the big thing is 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 uh, trying to give this this film as much of my energy as possible. So that's kind of getting the lion's share of of my attention right now. Um, but outside of that, I'm prepping for a uh, television pilot. Doing a we're we're starting early early pre-production here in D.C. on a on a uh, tele on a pilot for a comedy series. Um, and uh, I have a graphic novel that's being finished up. Um, I'm constantly writing. Um, so right now, the two big things on my plate are, are making sure that this film gets um, as much uh, energy as possible and then uh, preparing for uh, a new television show that, that should be coming out early next year. Excellent, excellent. Well, Harold and Sean, I really enjoyed this interview. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I learned a lot tonight. Uh, I'm just, uh, and Harold, I'm just really uh, amazed at the, the quality of work you put out. I mean, it seemed like every film you, you, you add something new and have something new to say with each film. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, my biggest my biggest fear is kind of repeating myself. So um, I right. definitely try to push push myself to the next level every every chance I get. Um, and this and, and I think this film does it with the writing and the performances and just the overall quality of the film. I think I think you know I, I took a took a step higher on the ladder, and then um, hopefully you know I'll keep I'll keep climbing. There you go. Okay, well, uh, uh, Harold and Sean, uh, you know, again, thanks for uh, coming on, and uh, you guys have a great night. All right, thank you for having us. Right. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Okay, absolutely. Okay. All okay. right. Okay, folks, well, remember out there in Radio Land to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat on my heart, you drum inside me. Somewhere my. 
Make the sound no one 